Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for... Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another episode of The Conspiracy Farm. I am riding shotgun with UFC Hall of Famer, my partner in crime, Pat Militich. And today we have a returning guest because the information he has to provide, it's, it's blowing up uh, on an exponential level, day-to-day, real-time. The last time we talked to him and his cohort, uh, one of the gentlemen we'll be speaking of tonight, Imran Awan, was, had just been arrested or was about to be arrested and that story has unfolded. Obviously, we've talked about the rat lines, the spy ring in Congress. These guys have been absolutely all over, as well as Seth Rich. I want to get into that, if Seth Rich is a real person. What's going on with Seth Rich? Joining us once again on the program, Mr. Jason Goodman. How are you doing today, sir? I'm well. How are you guys doing? We are fantastic. Great. Great. Thank you. Yeah, Good so the last time, we talked, last time we talked, you also pointed out that uh, Senator John McCain... His uh, health issues would get more serious, and then what? A day or two after that, things got literally, a more serious. Literally, not not to make insignificant of uh, obviously potential or you know brain cancer, which we don't wish on anybody. But you guys said it, and it happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, you Among know, other things. Right. One of the recurring um, uh, you know sort of features that we have have on the Source the Truth channel is the Hudson Report. And uh, just last night, Mr. Hudson began naming the names of individuals in Congress who we've contacted with our special intelligence report that contained all the information about the uh, Wan Brothers spy ring. Because, you know, when we were uh, months ago walking around Congress talking to the representatives and the senators and their staffers, everybody seemed to have no idea who Imran Awan was or what he was up to. So, uh, I went back there about two weeks ago and handed out to specifically chosen representatives and senators a detailed report that gave everybody kind of like a synopsis of what's going on. And we've been following up and there's been no answer. So Mr. Hudson, who is a really valuable intelligence source to us, and uh, he's got a, a background that's somewhat mysterious, but, you know, military veteran, law enforcement, not quite clear. Uh, he has begun naming the names of individuals in Congress who have received this information and who have repeatedly done nothing. Now, a lot of people already know who it is in Congress that the Awans were working for, but the thing that Mr. Hudson is really doing is detailing some of the things that these senators and representatives have done throughout their careers that are maybe less than illustrious. So uh, John McCain was the first that was mentioned, and uh, people should check out that report for sure. Well, I, w- I would see why John McCain would not uh, respond to any of those those reports and certainly not acknowledge any of them. And, and what were some of the other names, if you could mention some of them? Uh, well, I'm going to leave list. that to Mr. Hudson. He ha- he's just going one at a time, and last night was the first one. And you know, okay. the, thing that, the thing that he did was he said, you know, John McCain is, is first on the list, and he was more focused on uh, the lesser-known things in John McCain's career in terms of, and Pat, I'm sure you know about this, how when John McCain was in Vietnam, he broke the uh, military oath of revealing all kinds of things, and he recorded propaganda uh, that was used by the Viet Cong to broadcast. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he suppressed, you know, he was sitting on a committee that was supposed to find the POWs and the MIAs in the 1990s, but instead he suppressed information about them and that this was very damaging to the efforts to recover uh, prisoners of war who were missing in action in Vietnam. And, uh, you know, that was obviously very upsetting to Mr. Hudson and anyone else who has any family or friends or, you know, uh, people who love that were in Vietnam, and there were over a thousand that were left there. Well, and I, I've seen YouTube videos of individuals in certain committees with John McCain on them trying to press him on this issue, and he would get viscerally upset. I mean, he seemed like he's a little shaky, you know, with the silly star chromosome, a little, a little crazy anyway, but he definitely, uh, he definitely went off, and it was kind of shocking to me. This is before I really knew who he really was, but I was like, wow, why would a former POW who'd been through so much be so resistant to help him get more free, but yeah, John John McCain's a very interesting character, ladies and gentlemen. Which is another thing in real time, as you guys talked about Diljana Gaitanjeva. Hope I didn't massacre her name. You guys talked about her, the Bulgarian reporter who really kind of blew the lid off of the CIA NATO operations out of Azerbaijan in Arsenal. So yep. again, one of the things that you guys talked about that literally was developing in real time. That's right. Yeah, and she's of course been now, uh, let's say, let go from True, the news organization that she was working for. Right. Now you guys interviewed her, correct? We did yes, last yes. week. Yeah, that's pretty good. I've had a tough time getting in touch with her, but I, I, I well, got to check Jason, that out. Jason, I mean, look at me. I winked at her. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, listen, Pat. When you're right, you're right. You know, I took my, ladies I took all my fake teeth out, winked at her. Yeah. <laughs> the ladies all love Pat. <laughs> what did Diliana tell you guys? Or you know what? I'll I'll go back and take a look at that. But, I mean, she's been really doing incredible work in terms of revealing Absolutely. the uh, operational modus operandi of the uh, deep state and how they're moving and illegal weapons around. she's been getting around. deeper into it. You know, she was, for lack of a better term, not necessarily snatched up, but uh, commandeered by the uh, Bulgarian secret police and was essentially interrogated for a while. And then subsequent to that, like you said, she was let go, and so I think now she's actually uh, teamed up with Sabelle Edmonds in NewsBud to yeah. uh, start continuing her investigations, and I'm a huge fan. You know, honestly, Jason, we, um, Sabelle, and I love Sabelle, love Sabelle, let me say it again, I love Sabelle, she gave us free tickets to the first ever 9-11 symposium they had last week with her, uh, Gerald Salente, uh, not Gerald Salente, uh, Daniel Estelin, and uh, Cynthia McKinney was one of them. It, yeah. It, it, listening to her speak was very interesting because I have heard you guys, along with Mr. Hudson, speak about kind of her associations with Mr. Steele. And coinciding with that, it was just very interesting to hear her speak, having heard you guys kind of put her works kind of under suspicion a bit and her ties to, you know, a mini number of, you know, deep state. Did she, did she speak about... Uh, how funding came to her on September 11th of 2001 from the Muslim Brotherhood? Because that would have been an interesting topic to hear. No, she did about. not. She, I'm she not was, surprised. <laughs> oddly omitted that. Yeah, and a lot of the other ties that you know she is said to have, which can be easily substantiated. And I wonder, you know, again, I really am a big fan of Sabelle and all that she's been through. So I wonder how familiar Sabelle is with McKinney. She can't be that familiar if she's allowing her on her show to be right to give input. And I, I tell you what. I wonder how we could possibly, hopefully she doesn't see this, she probably never will, before we trick Cynthia into appearing on the conspiracy <laughs> farm and, and uh, having a few questions for her. Well, you guys have had a hard time getting a hold of her too, right? 
Cynthia? Uh, Cynthia McKinney has just just to clarify, George and I have kind of gone on separate paths. He's right. he's out there doing his thing, and crowdsource the truth uh, continues uh, sort of separately from him. But yeah, we did have a difficult time getting a hold of her initially uh, when it came to my attention. You know, Robert David Steele, of course, placed a phone call to me telling me that I was going to be arrested by the uh, NYPD. Now, of course, that never happened, and there was there was no warrant out for my arrest. There never has been a warrant out for my arrest, and we did nothing wrong. We had credible evidence of there and present danger in the port of Charleston, and we called, well, we didn't call, but we alerted our audience through the practice of journalism of this information, and concerned citizens called the Coast Guard and uh, indicated that there was reason to believe that there was a possible danger. Now, I think everyone would agree, and while we're on the topic of 9-11, we've heard many, many stories about FBI agents and individuals who were in flight training school and things like this who had credible information that they didn't share. Because at that time, remember, people weren't thinking about terrorism in the way that we do today. Prior to 9-11, most people did not think there would be some world-changing, life-shattering event that would take place. So I would think that all of these people that claim to be journalists or truth seekers or whatever they claim to be, I think they would support the effort of alerting authorities to credible information of potentially uh, deadly and destructive clear and present danger. Instead, there's been, you know, CNN and The New York Times have called us uh, conspiracy theorists and, you know, uh, Robert David Steele, who, you know, uh, I think my opinion of him has been quite clear, but, you know, he said that I was going to be arrested by the NYPD, and he's characterized our presentation of this factual uh, data as a bomb threat or some sort of a hoax, which obviously it wasn't. And uh, Robert David Steele has uh, gone on to basically malign me and my efforts and my channel and, uh, you know, pass around information on the inf Internet indicating that he has filed a lawsuit against me. Of course, I haven't been served any lawsuit, and this is a man who proliferates falsehoods and uh, miscategorizes many, many things. And uh, Doesn't he Frank, have former CIA ties or continuous CIA ties? Well, that's, so that's kind of their modus operandi. That's what he, that's what he claimed. So okay. on the one hand, obviously, this would be the perfect con for a con man, which uh, evidence does seem to indicate that he may, in fact, be a con man. Uh, but if it's true, you know, well, there's another lawsuit then, right there. Right. <laughs> oh, me claiming. Well, saying that evidence indicates or, or you know, I have seen evidence that indicates that he may be a con man. You know, that's that's a statement of, uh, of opinion based yeah. on information yeah. that I've yeah. seen. Uh, now, if he is part of the CIA, well, why should we trust him? Obviously, the CIA is the deep state and it is possible. Look, he's accused me of being a member of the Mossad, which is absurd i don't speak hebrew i've never been to israel i am not a member what of makes Mossad. you a better agent i mean that makes you an incredible agent of the Mossad. that's right that's right because you that's show right. no signs of it my allegiance is to the united states of america only and you uh you know for him to make those sort of uh, uh allegations in my mind are anti-jewish statements i am of the jewish faith and i was bar mitzvah but i don't think i can you know other than shalom that might be the only word of hebrew that i know so for him to make that sort of a ridiculous claim and, you know, his various uh, supporters who have made damaging videos claiming that I'm everything from a pedophile to a porn star 
to uh, the brother of X-Men director Brian, Brian Singer. Yeah, I, was, I was waiting for you to say yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, these are absolutely ridiculous, baseless, completely stupid claims, and the people that are making them are also completely stupid. So, you know, uh, I don't know. If Robert David Steele has a lawsuit that he wants to serve me with, I invite him to do that. What I've seen that he's posted on the Internet is uh, like a lawsuit from a 12-year-old. So right. if he now is CIA... He's a disinformation agent who is trying to infiltrate and damage our effort to find the truth. And people should think about that. My initial my initial statement was it seems like he's trying to do that to Cynthia McKinney. But now that Cynthia McKinney has refused to address any of these questions head on, I assume perhaps she might be complicit with such an effort and she might be trying to do the same thing to Sibel Edmonds. I'd invite her to contest that notion uh with uh, evidence and facts that prove it wrong. Yeah, let's let, let me rewind real quick to the uh, the calls that your community made to get that port shut down. Right. How long after that was it that the news was suddenly reporting a shooting going on in that state? Well, first thing I would say is that we didn't call and get the port shut down. Certainly, citizens have no ability to shut down a port. Myself, George Webb. Right. No journalist that I'm aware of could shut down a port. We just told them that we speak to intelligence experts, ex-intelligence experts, law enforcement experts, people who tell us that there is reason to believe that depleted uranium could be being shipped by the Maersk line. And that was right. based on reports from, uh, I believe it was Bangladesh, where there was a Maersk ship that had run aground that had dangerous levels of uh, radiological material on there. It was based on other information that I, I won't go into right now, right. but credible information, including uh, a report from Fleetmon, which is an open source tool that allows you to track these ships and, and determine, uh, you know, look at bills of lading and see who is shipping things that there was uh, four cargo containers on there from Awan Brothers shipping. Now, of course, this was a time when really no one had heard the name Imran Awan, and now he's been indicted for bank fraud. We've found lots of other evidence that indicates this individual was involved in, uh, potentially involved in other crimes, alleged crimes, that he may have had an off-site server, according to the U.S. Capitol Police, that he may have been hacking Congress. We've uh, conducted an interview with U.S. Marine veteran Andre Taggart, who rented a home from Imran Awan at 9667 Hawkshead Drive, one of the homes that was purchased with the fraudulently obtained bank loans from the U.S. Congressional uh, Federal Credit Union. And in that home, uh, Mr. Taggart found a variety of stolen government equipment uh, that had government markings on it. He turned that over to the FBI. We've also now interviewed Laurel Everly, who is another renter of another home owned by Mr. Awan. Um, Ms. Everly uh, rented 4809 Sprayer Street, and we've done a video called uh, Hidden Network Apology at 4809 Sprayer Street. And in this video, we reveal photographic evidence of a Cox Cable Internet router. Uh, there was a Cox Cable Internet account at the home that was not utilized by, by Miss Everly, and so uh, that's certainly not... See, people sometimes have a difficulty distinguishing between proof and evidence. If Imran came forward and, you know, gave a confession or showed extensive uh, photographic and other types of evidence that would prove what I'm saying, that would be one thing. I'm just indicating evidence that we found. Uh, Ms. Everly told us that there was a locked shed on the property 
that had a light on 24-7. And when she inquired with Imran Awan about that, he said it was a light on a cooling fan inside the shed and that the material inside there need to be kept cool. Now, I don't know, maybe he's uh, storing food in there, maybe he's uh, growing... Bitcoin. Mining Bitcoin, growing <laughs> mushrooms, whatever he might be doing. Right, right. But it, it, you, you might want to keep your computers at about 72 to 74 degrees Fahrenheit. So yeah. cooling a shed with computers in it would be something you might do. And if you have, if you're not living in the home and the people who are renting it have a Verizon Internet account that they use with their router Wi-Fi unit that's upstairs and you have a Cox cable Internet router in an unused basement level room, that's running into the wall, delivering internet elsewhere in the house. Well, I don't know what that's doing there, but it's certainly evidence of something strange going on. Uh, Thomas Paine of the True Pundit described that as grand slam evidence. Uh, certainly, if you're trying to find this illicit off-site server, the home with the previously unknown Cox cable internet account might be a place to keep it. Yeah, now what? let's talk about Imran Awan, the reports. I don't know if it's even true. Um, and if you've done more research on it, I've looked into it a little bit, but the statement by an unnamed FBI um, person saying that, that Awan is now cutting deals and, and ready to talk. Well, we've heard that for sure. And, uh, you know, some people have been very upset by that. I mean, in my mind, that's not the worst thing in, in the world. I mean, certainly um, I, I equate it to let me take a step back. The purpose of granting immunity to someone is to get them to give the authorities something in exchange. Let's right. talk about the situation like, for example, if the police arrest someone cocaine on the street. Now, this person is just an individual dealer, an individual salesperson in a potential network. Well, where did that person get the cocaine that they're selling? Right. And they can say, hey, you can either spend 30 years in jail or we could give you, uh, you know, one year uh, probation if you tell us who your boss is. And then they go arrest the guy and maybe shut down 50 drug dealers. So in my mind, the notion of offering Imran Awan a plea deal or some sort of immunity from prosecution in exchange for revealing the network that enabled a spy ring in Congress, that seems okay to me. I'd be all right with a deal for Imran that includes you go back to Pakistan you lose your immigration status in the United States and you're never allowed to return. But tell us, you know, you were hired by Debbie Wasserman Schultz. What does she know about it? She was the head of the Democratic National Committee. What did they know about it? Well, She's thing, very and, and the thing that bothers me, though, is, is the way the FBI has conducted these immunity deals is then the person gets up to testify and they plead the fifth after they've been given immunity. Right. Well, obviously, right. that's not the way that it's supposed to work. You can't yeah. just give out immunity in exchange for nothing. And so right. if that happens, yeah. that would be an outrage. But that's why I'm outraged. That's why I'm saying it's been happening. That Hillary right. Clinton, the guy yeah. who set up Hillary Clinton's server. I but think of course, that was, well, that, that was, <clears throat> no, he did not set up Hillary Clinton's server. That was Brian Pagliano and uh, uh, Justin Cooper and a bunch of other people. But see, in this case, we've got uh, this guy, Christopher Ray. He's the new FBI director. And, you know, he does have some things in his past that are cause for question. But, you know, now that uh, uh, James Comey has been fired, from the, his role in the FBI, and we start to look at some of the things that he's done, including his July 5th, 2016 statements about no sensible prosecutor would bring charges against 
Hillary Clinton for the litany of crimes that he right. outlines. Right. You know, that was insane. Felony was after felony. I mean, I'm still hopeful that the good people in the government and the Justice Department of the United States of America will defeat those that are corrupt and will, in fact, get to the bottom of this spy ring in Congress. That, that's my hope, is that immunity well, deal lately, for Imran will lead to prosecution. Trump lately, I mean, everybody's like, just get over Hillary. I mean, obviously, Hillary's putting herself out there with her book tour, which is just a crap show in and of itself, but... By the way, by the way, we enjoyed your question. Oh, yeah. Your question of her when that you was thank awesome. you. Thank that you. was awesome. No, but just the whole notion of uh, you know, it's just uh, I've lost my train of thought. Because <laughs> that cracked me up. Yeah, because that was just hilarious when you did that. No, but uh, just I mean, she's just uh, putting she's, herself out there with her book tour, everything else. Um, I, w I would think that as hard as the Democrats have pushed this this false Russian narrative and everything else. I, look, I got I don't know if we even had a chance to talk to you about this, and I don't think we did. I don't know if you've seen the documents, the anonymous documents, the messages that went out about Mueller being pulled out of the swamp by Trump, about Mueller having a pardon ready for him from Trump. Huh. And that basically uh, that Trump was very careful about who he pulled out of the swamp, and Mueller is essentially working on behalf of Trump to go after the true criminals in DC and globally. And that and and I tell you what, the way the way this was worded uh -huh. was very impressive the, to the fact where uh, Manafort and Mueller have both been given it and that Mueller will the fact that Mueller will be the one that, that delivers the death blow to the globalist to the swamp is the ultimate ass blank to the globalist and to the swamp. I hope that's true, but so I, do I don't I. know. I don't know that we have very much reason to trust uh, Mueller, you know, given his track record. And uh, but that's the thing. That's the thing. In these messages, also were Mueller was also compromised, and that he was forced to do the bidding of the swamp, basically uh, between both parties, uh -huh. and, and un, against his will. He had been doing this against his will the entire time. And look. Uh, if, if that's true, and I, I'm I'm a guy that has a gut feeling, and every time I have a gut feeling, rarely am I wrong. And my okay. gut feeling is that, that, look, when Podesta's group starts getting called in by Mueller to testify because yeah. they've been subpoenaed, that tells, me, that tells me Mueller's doing more than going after Trump's people. I like that, and I did see something of that pod father getting called in to testify. So I definitely, definitely hope that what you're saying is correct. I mean... Look, all I really want is uh, for, you know, Hillary and Debbie Wasserman Schultz and all of the people that are engaged in corruption to be brought to justice. Imran Awan is really, I, I'm, not, I'm not that concerned with him. Like I said, if he's able to concern. He's a facilitator right. more than anything. Right, I mean, obviously, right. You know, right. obviously he, he answers to a lot more people. And I think more people than just that Pakistani ISI. I mean, I, I'm sure right. their intelligence apparatus is pretty sweet, but in order to go <laughs> in and compromise that level of Congress, I mean, I think they got to be operating on a, on a little bit of a higher level. And, you know, and well, one of my things that I meant to say that I forgot, uh, Trump's tweets about Hillary, everyone's right. saying, like, let it go, let it go, as if, I mean, he's president. He doesn't care that she lost. He's planting that seed out there of what we're talking about. He knows about this Imran Awan stuff. He knows about, I think, the rat lines and has to speak in this kind of codified way without yeah. you know just bringing everything down but 
Like patches, I don't. I, I, we've talked about this, and I'm not completely on the um, that that uh, Mueller's compromised train. But you weren't on the Trump train either. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll be anxious to see how it plays out. But um, getting into these players involved, Wasserman, you know, her brother Scott Wasserman is one of the head attorneys in D.C. You know, he appoints the guys to, to go after this, and they're only going after a one for bank fraud so far. With all the other crap in the back, it seems like. This could be along one of those lines, and I know you, you know, the DCN, uh, the DNC lawsuit got uh, dismissed. It seems like there's this kind of momentum to kind of uh, shove, you know, sweep some of this under the table. Yeah, we busted him for, you know, whatever they're going to say he did. What I think will be a limited indictment compared to what he could be. And then the DNC, right. you know, there's so much obviously too that's having nothing to do with vote fraud. When we start getting into the rat lines and who really was the hacker, if you will, um, it seems to me there's a lot going on to, to hush this up. Very limited uh, coverage from Fox News about the Awans, and it'll go away, and then back to the regular programming. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, the mainstream media, one of the, one of the reasons I started Crowdsource the Truth is because I really wanted a community-supported news source. And I don't just mean financially supported through Patreon and all that other stuff. But, I mean, the information is coming from the community. The financial support is important as well because I don't want to just go out and get some sponsor, whether it's a corporate sponsor or an individual sponsor, because then that that person has a lot. If someone comes and gives me $100,000 or a million dollars or if Lockheed Martin puts an ad on CNN or uh, in Politico or The Hill or whatever, well, I mean, it certainly stands to reason that Lockheed Martin is going to have a lot to say about what gets advertised in that particular news source. Uh, yeah. You know, I've spoken quite a lot about the movie Vaxxed. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, anti-vax. Well, what I realized from watching that film is that it's not as simple as pro-vax, anti-vax. Right. Obviously, any sensible person recognizes that you want to vaccinate the population against dangerous and deadly diseases. But at the same time, you don't want to give pharmaceutical companies a blank check to just put out whatever kind of product for babies to be injected with without proper testing and, and uh, you know, totally free from uh, any the culpability. Marisol, mercury. Well, and to create a legal system now where they can't, there's no recourse. They can't sue. Well, there is a there is a vaccine court, basically, that, you know. Well, was, I thought that was the that, thing. They wouldn't that's allow part of to the go- problem. That vaccine court was created by a law in 1984, I think, under Ronald Reagan, where people are disallowed from suing pharmaceutical companies for vaccine injuries. And what as this well did. As Monsanto and others. Um, right. Yeah, so no. all these big, giant pharmaceutical companies support these uh, politicians who then pass laws that are in their favor. And, I mean, the point is that film was produced by a guy who was working for a major news show. And when he wanted to put out this story that, hey, this particular DPT vaccine from Merck is having a huge level of brain injuries in uh, black male children 18 to 36 months. Now, that's very specific. That's not anti-vax. That's saying that there is a statistically significant impact on this segment of the population. That's science, and that's from a scientist at the CDC. So why wouldn't we want to listen to that science and stop using that vaccine or change the ingredient in that vaccine that's causing those debilitating brain injuries in that segment of the population? Instead, Merck just said, no, don't run that. Or sorry, the news show said, no, don't run that story because Merck advertises on our news channel. So, you know, I created Crowdsource the Truth so that people could have a way 
to share information and so that news stories that are maybe unpopular with some of the wealthy interests that are uh, owning and advertising news shows like Fox or MSNBC or CNN or whatever. So that's not the only source of information for people. Well, I want people to be able to share information. I want whistleblowers to be able to call us up and say, hey, I work for the CDC, and here's this report that says this particular thing is doing this particular thing, and somebody needs to do something about it. Right, and, right. you know, we, we went to Imran Awan's hearing, and at that hearing, the lawyer, Chris Gowan, said that he wanted Imran's house arrest. He's got a GPS device that confines him to 50 miles away from his home. And the lawyer said, well, you know, we want to extend that to 100 miles from the home. And the question is, well, why do you want that? They said because he's driving for Uber. Now, it seems that when another journalist called Uber, said, we never heard of that guy. He's not driving for us. So why is Chris Gowan saying things to the court that seem to be possibly not true? It's an interesting thing. And I didn't see Fox in there. I didn't see MSNBC in there. I didn't see CNN in there. Or maybe they were, but they didn't report on it. When we get re- back to the Seth Rich thing, look, there's an obvious cover-up on a lot of these things uh, for a very, very good reason. The media is owned by all the wrong people. And when we get back to the Seth Rich thing, I mean, think about how Sean Hannity was so hot and heavy after the Seth Rich investigation. And then with all the threats, the, the sexual harassment accusations that came out against him and all kinds of other stuff that popped up about uh, Sean Hannity. Suddenly they shut him down. He's one of the guys that's being intimidated. And right. All, all the people across the board in mainstream media are intimidated and told what to say and what to do, and we're not because we don't take those donations from all the wrong people, luckily. And, and that's where people need to pay attention, I think, Jason. Is yeah. That why, would you, why would I, as a guy who does sports broadcasting, now I won't, won't even say what network and who my boss is, but he's a billionaire and a very powerful guy. Luckily, he's an understanding guy and believes in the First Amendment. He believes in the uh-huh. First Amendment to the point where you can be a complete moron and say things that are off the charts, uh, rude, offensive, whatever. He believes in that, and I'm a lucky guy in that matter. But I still, by doing what I'm doing, by doing this show, by saying the things that I say, still risk a job. I risk making a great living to take care of my family. I live in a beautiful home. I've got a swimming pool out back, and I take care of my family, and I, and I, and I have fun in life. Uh, mm-hmm. Am I a multimillionaire? It says on Wiki that I that I am. That I'm, I'm I got to come crash at your place, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my but my point is is the people out there should say to themselves have have enough intelligence and enough um, common sense to say why would this guy risk his livelihood by speaking the truth, what he believes the truth, when all these other people, these talking heads on mainstream media, are being paid a lot of them millions of dollars per year to put out this information that I'm, I'm probably pretty safe in betting they know isn't true. It's a very good question. I mean, I, I can only say it's probably because they want money. Absolutely. absolutely. They'll do anything <laughs> for money. You right. Know, if, somebody, if somebody told me, Pat, we'll pay you $5 million, here's your first script for the first show, and I looked at it and I read it and went, this is completely false. What yeah. is wrong with you people? Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? This is selling out my own nation, my own yes. people. Where, where the Supporting fuck are you Supporting the people, right? right? Well, next yeah, right. yeah, it's pretty upsetting. People define themselves by the letters behind their name, the position they hold at whatever network. Like people really, they would rather have no scruples, no real uh, integrity, and have a great position than really be a, an individual of substance. But we don't have much more time with you. So Seth Rich in this investigation, man. When we talked to you before. 
you were kind of dubious as to the Sethra's shooting. You even kind of possibly considered the whole Sethra story sort of a bot, if you will, a false kind of algorithm of a non-person to throw it, to move it away from what was really, from what uh, CrowdStrike was really trying to cover up with the IT companies, etc. What are your thoughts on Seth right. Rich now? Well, I, what I, just to refine what you said there, what I had said is that it's possibly right. a story that was come up with by AI. And I arrived at that hypothesis on the basis that we had been told that Hillary Clinton used AI to formulate a strategy for her campaign. So we can see that AI is very sophisticated, but not always right. And uh, it just seemed to me that when we interviewed Rod Wheeler, who was a retired D.C. Metro police detective and was hired to be the private investor uh, for the family, the rich family, he indicated that there was no death certificate, there was no autopsy report, there was no ballistic evidence, and those things never happened. Furthermore, just looking at statistics, it seemed like 90 to 95 percent of gunshot victims, abdominal wound gunshot victims who get admitted to hospitals and are conscious and talking when they go in, they survive in the United States because they have surgery, they stop the bleeding, they have you know medications to control infections and things like that. 90 to 95 percent of them survive. Seth Rich, we're told, did not. The attending physician, this guy, Dr. Jack Sava, his social security number also corresponds to a doctor named Atelyevich. Right. So there's all this weird stuff. And it just seemed like any time anything having to do with Seth Rich came up, some sort of craziness was associated with it. The most well, recent here's, thing. Here's, here's the strangest part about it, though. Yeah. The fact that his family, his very own family, is fighting any of the investigation or any of the findings. Look, if my brother got shot down in the streets... I'd say I welcome all angles of this thing. I want to listen to it. I'll do, I'm going to do interviews. I'm going to find out what the hell's what happened to my brother. And the family's not doing that, which is freaking me out a little bit. Well, but well, like also, you guys Pat, said with Drew Corsi, he's not, wasn't necessarily an angel. Seth Rich wasn't necessarily an angel. Still, though. Still. Oh, yeah. Yeah, still, I got you. Right? Ahead, but imagine if someone kidnapped your brother and said, all right, Pat, you know, your brother was involved in some sort of government something. And now it's so that he doesn't testify. It's important that everyone in the world thinks he's dead. So we have him kidnapped. And until this blows over in a year or two or five or however long it takes, you're going to convince everybody that he's dead or else we're going to kill him. That's a situation where you're being influenced to do something that you might never otherwise do. He's so on vacation. Not, in, he's on, your brother's on vacation in Argentina. Shut your mouth for a while. Hanging <laughs> with Hitler. Something like that. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that that's definitely what happened, but you know, it's just there's no evidence. One of the one of the most recent things to happen is we heard this sort of secretly recorded audio from the Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Cy Hirsch, where he's talking about FBI reports and all this kind of thing. And, uh, you know, that was obviously a clandestine recording. You can tell by the recording that it was in a restaurant or a bar. We don't know if Cy Hirsch had been drinking. We don't know if that tape has been edited. Cy Hirsch has not come out in any kind of official capacity and said, I stand by what was said at recording. So I think we have strong reason to believe that that is not an authentic recording that represents what Cy Hirsch may or may not know about Seth Rich. And or an why authentic report from the FBI. Right, exactly. I don't think it's valid evidence of anything at all, and it's come from this guy, Ed Butowski, 
who we know also released an illicit recording of Rod Wheeler. Now, I listen to that recording, and I speak to Rod Wheeler occasionally. He and I text each other and talk on the phone every now and then, and Facebook and all that. And uh, I said, hey, Rod, you know, I listened to that tape, and it sounded kind of like two different recordings. There's a difference in the background noise. Two different conversations spliced together. And Rod did confirm to me that that was done. So we see the modus operandi of this guy, Ed Batowski. He's secretly recording people. He's manipulating the recordings to try to put out this disinformation about Seth Rich. Why? Who is Ed Batowski and why is he interested in Seth Rich? I don't know what happened to Seth Rich. I don't know where he is. I don't know if he's dead. I don't know if he's alive. I'm just saying normally somebody gets shot from a, a street burglary. There's a police report. There's an autopsy report. The guy's dead. That doesn't seem to be what happened here. Didn't your friend Hudson a while ago say that you can't get an autopsy report or death certificate during an ongoing investigation? I'm not privy to how the protocol works, but he mentioned something well, about that. Uh, you know, but there is no ongoing investigation in the case of Seth Rich. It's been, is it it's closed? Been, well, Rod Wheeler said there's just no investigation. The D.C. police, who he's got friends there, told him, forget it. And Don't did Debbie Wasserman get her laptop back from him? Well, Debbie Wasserman Schultz was threatening Matthew Verderosa, who's the chief of the U.S. Right. Capitol Police. They've got a totally different jurisdiction than the D.C. Metro Police. The other question that comes up in the case of Seth Rich, because, you know, we're talking now about federal, you know, FBI investigating his laptop. Why is the FBI investigating the laptop of somebody who was just shot in the street? Then there was this whole story about an FBI car that got broken into and a gun was stolen. Now, if you're two street thugs and you you break into what's obviously some sort of law enforcement car, would you do that? And even if you did, if you stole the gun, isn't that like a pretty good night? Isn't a gun worth a few hundred bucks to criminals to sell? I would imagine a stolen gun is very valuable to criminals versus an iPhone or a Android phone that the average person. How much cash does the average person who's 27 carry? 50 bucks, 20 bucks, credit cards? I mean... It just doesn't make any sense. The right. whole story makes no sense. Yeah. Crazy. So we're never going to find out what happened to Seth Rich. I don't know. Never's a long time. I'm still working on JFK. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me know if you need an expert because I've been geeking out for a while if you haven't heard. We he could talk about that. We could talk he about started that the JFK. Jason, he started the JFK stuff as soon as he got out of diapers. I would. Yeah. I, uh, I interviewed. I had a, my own podcast before this one. I had on Dr. Sarah Wecht, if you know who that is. Uh huh. Of course, of course. I had like 20 minutes with him. I'm like, how do I condense this? So we pretty much just spoke single bullet theory, and so yeah. that was that's really kind of the crux of it as far as the physical evidence. It just all those wounds couldn't come from just the one bullet, et cetera. But. Um, well, Jason, dude, seriously, we got to kind of let you go. Pat's got to fly. He's got an obviously tight schedule. As we, Obviously, mm -hmm. all of this develops, man. You are welcome back on anytime. The Imran Awan investigation, everybody, play, pay attention to it. It's not covered. Huge in the news. Go to Crowdsource. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You notice, yeah, that's a that's a nice studio-looking picture for the very few stock pictures we've had of them. You know, and there's actually more evidence coming out about this picture. Someone just emailed me about this lamppost, and they think they've located where it is. I also began to think about his haircut because, you know, we sat just feet away from him in the courtroom on the day that he appeared on September 1st. Now, someone went and got the metadata from this photograph, so we now know what type of camera was used, what type of lens was used, and apparently when the photograph was taken, it seems to have been taken more than a week after the hearing. And his hair does look to be a little bit more 
grown in than it was at the hearing. So I'm going to go back and look at the photography from outside the courthouse and compare the haircut and see if this was, in fact, taken on the same day or if it was... Yeah, no, that's great. But the thing that I want you to do is Photoshop that, put the orange suit back on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) And then you have to superimpose the bars in front of it. I'll get right on it, Pat. (laughs) As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, his investigation is very meticulous. Mr. Jason Goodman from Crowdsource the Truth. Thank you so very much from your time, sir. Like, again, you are welcome back anytime. Continued success. Say hi to Trish and uh, Joe Napoli for me. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you, Jason. Bye-bye. Take care. Stay tuned, everybody. There will be more.